1: Collections by Michelle Brown. I'm your host, Michelle Brown. Each week, we'll be talking with people living between the lines, standing boldly in the crosshairs of their intersectionality, and creating change. Today's episode of Collections by Michelle Brown will be different from our usual format, as I share a recent conversation with my sister friend, Andrea Jenkins, during her recent visit to Detroit. Andrea has been a performance artist, poet, and writer. She's also been known as a playwright, a curator, a visual artist, a spoken word artist, and public speaker. She was the trans oral historian for the Treader Collection at the University of Minnesota, interviewing and collecting the oral history of over 150 members of the transgender community nationwide. In 2017, she added a new title to her impressive resume. That title is Councilwoman, representing Minneapolis's eighth ward and vice president of the Minneapolis City Council. Minneapolis is the largest city in Minnesota and the 46th largest city in the United States. With its smaller neighbor, St. Paul, Minneapolis makes up the Twin Cities the 16th largest metropolitan area in the United States. In this historic election, Andrea became the first transgender woman of color elected to a major city council in the country. She serves with Philippe Cunningham, a transgender man elected at the same time. Cunningham represents the city's fourth ward. Andrea Jenkins was in Detroit, attending the 2019 Local Progress National Convening. Local Progress is a network of hundreds of local elected officials from around the country committed to a strong economy, equal justice, livable cities, and effective government. We sat down to talk about life since the election for 12 transgender murders in 2019 across America to date. The NAACP's LGBTQ resolutions, including its transgender resolution, voting, and so much more. I hope you enjoy this conversation with transgender activist, Andrea Jenkins, the vice president of Minneapolis's city council here on Collections by Michelle Brown. You know, I think I'm a northerner. I, right. <laughs> I'm a northerner, but it, it's it's gonna, it, it works. You know, it's me,
0: it's mm-hmm. who I am,
1: but then it allows me, sometimes I think to have a, a unique view or mm-hmm. to listen and to, and to want to learn from other people's experience.
2: Right, you know? right. So.
1: so yeah. So. No, I'm
3: pretty much from the North, though so my mom was born in the South, but she actually grew up in Chicago. I mean, I think mm-hmm. they moved mm-hmm. when she was a baby, like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. less than one, when they, when she moved to Chicago.
1: Mm-hmm. So Chicago is home, right? Mm-hmm. Was, was was growing up
3: was home. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So you know, and I haven't talked to you since you. I don't think I've talked to you since you got elected. I don't think so. So how's life (laughs) now that you're an elected official?
3: Um, It's super hectic. Mm -hmm. Um, The schedule and the pace is really um, potentially overwhelming. I mean, you know, there's lots of demands. On your time, my my job as vice president of the Minneapolis City Council is uh, a full time job. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably work about sixty hours a week. Um, sometimes a little more. Um, I do a lot of traveling because since I got elected, you know, a lot of more people kind of want to hear from me and. Mm-hmm. Talk about um, the election, but I think more so talk about equity and and talk about trans issues. Um, that's a lot of what I talk about uh, when I go out and and do uh, speaking engagements. So it's been it's been really hectic, just physically and the schedule and the pace, but also um, there's a heavy responsibility that comes along with being you know, elected to represent a large group of people um, who, you know, at my district, I represent about 31,000 people, Um, and so, as you know, one person is different from the next person, and when you have 31,000 people, they all have different ideas and different things that they want to see, they have different values. Um, And so, uh, really trying to be responsive in a way that um, can help the most people is a challenge. So, but it's the, it's the life that I, you know, sort of have been living for a while as a policy aide and uh, before becoming elected, I have been involved in political life and and really working to help improve people's lives so in many ways it's not that much different mm-hmm. but the pace and the responsibility level
1: mm-hmm. what's the biggest surprise to you you know because often you know, you know people who are involved like in activism and the arts and thing and people and people will say oh you should run you should run and I know some people are reluctant to do that because they say oh it's gonna it's going to change everything What's the biggest surprise to you, how it's impacted your life?
2: Hmm.
3: Um, the biggest surprise, you know, I would say, again, because I spent so much time in City Hall Mm -hmm. prior Mm -hmm. to becoming elected, you know, working with elected officials hanging out with elected officials um, at all levels of government, um, I sort of had some sense of what to expect from the job. Um, and, And so consequently, there hasn't been that big of a surprise, but what I will say is a surprise And then I didn't really think about as deeply how much every word you say Mm -hmm. matters. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like somebody thinks it's really important Mm -hmm. um, because simply because you're an elected official. Um, And, you know, looking at this president and, you know, the things that he says, particularly on social media, and the amount of attention that it gets. I think in this day and age, everybody, you know, is is connected to the World Wide Web. Everybody has um, recording equipment, you know, in the palm of their hands, right? Literally, um, and and people are taking video and all of these things, and so. The the weight that your words carry, mm-hmm. <laughs> I I didn't anticipate that.
1: Mm. Well, you know what's interesting to me because you know I think of you. You know, first thing when I think of you is as a poet. Absolutely. And you know, and when we're expressing things through poetry, we think about you know what these words are going to say. Mm-hmm. Did that help you? as you sort of, when you get up there before on the podium and you're getting ready to, to say something that you know may or may not be received well by one group or the other,
2: uh-huh.
1: do you find yourself like using <laughs> that poet's mind to craft what you're going to say?
3: Huh. Wow. Um, you do know me mm-hmm. <laughs> very well and that is a really... Amazing question. I think it's so uh, insightful. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, a lot of times I'm a poet and I say things. I say what's on my heart. I say, I, I'm trying to make sense of what's happening in the world. Mm-hmm. I'm not. Really thinking about how it's gonna impact people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, honestly,
2: mm-hmm.
3: that is not the first thing that, and and even it's it still surprises me to this day
2: mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> that people respond to the things that I say in the ways that they do. It really does. Mm-hmm. It it kind of freaks me out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it's really cool, um, and I think I've recognized that I'm, it's not just now, you know, I'm not just now recognized. I've been writing and putting my work in the world for over 20 years now, so, you know, I've known that it's had, but I don't think about what impact it's going to have as I'm creating. And just, so, that being said when I'm writing political speeches or when I'm writing essays or, you know, I'm just speaking what I when I feel and not really thinking about Hmm, I want to make people get emotional, mm-hmm. so I should do this, or I want to make people angry, so I should say this, or I don't want to make anybody angry so I shouldn't mm-hmm. say this even though now, as an elected official, I, as I just said, and not my other statement that I am much more sort of thoughtful about what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily from the the aspect of being a poet, mm-hmm. though I think my language, how I talk in political ways, is poetic, just because I am a poet.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: But I'm not. I'm not thinking. I'm not editing myself as it were because of because of um, the poetry it's, it's more because of knowing the the sort of level of consequences that um, that your words have mm-hmm. so uh, you know I'm, I'm a little more thoughtful so, you
1: know, here you
3: are. You're Andre Jenkins. Mm-hmm. And
2: um, you're from Minneapolis. Yes. Okay. In this Born and raised in Chicago, though. I do want to... You know, that's go. my
3: hometown. Mm-hmm. I love Chicago. Mm-hmm. Chicago shaped me. Mm-hmm. Chicago made me who I am, mm-hmm. so I can never, ever forget that. Mm-hmm. But please you know, go on with your as, question.
1: As you're thinking, and you said you have to look and think. So you look. Okay. And in this... Era where we have a lot of transphobia, homophobia, Islamophobia, mm-hmm. and here out of Minneapolis, you have mm-hmm. a trans woman who's mm-hmm. the vice president of the city council.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, out of your state, you have a congresswoman mm-hmm. who is a Muslim.
3: Absolutely. Okay.
1: What is it? I mean, and how do you do? You feel? Do you feel like you're under a special uh, spotlight because? You both are, I mean, in some ways, you are the victim of this hate speech, and how do you navigate that? And many people would think of Minnesota, you know, they don't recognize how diverse it is. Mm-hmm. Are you too representative of the diversity of Minnesota and Minneapolis?
3: Um, I, th- I think the the very simple answer to that is yes mm. yes we are representative of, of that diversity I do want to acknowledge there's another black trans person right. on, on city council. the city council that serves with me uh, he was believe Cunningham here. Mm-hmm. yeah,
2: mm-hmm.
3: yeah. Um, you just met him upstairs mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and um, I um, so I think there's a, a willingness. I think this is not just in Minneapolis. I think this is in um, in the country. Mm-hmm. Is that really people are really wanting something different.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And um, unfortunately, this current way is really um, reflecting the deepest darkest side of humanity (laughs) you know and and i think humanity goes through and to that but we have to balance that out with um, love Mm -hmm. you know they say hate groups are growing well shouldn't we start get some love groups growing <laughs> you know um we need we need to have more more love
1: you know because i know i was on this panel they were talking about people getting elected and they were talking about and no, we can't get get these let any of the, more of these people get elected but then like you were talking about law
2: mm-hmm.
1: and the people should talk about you know, we ju- you just met Maria Haddon, okay? Yeah. Here you are, mm-hmm. uh, Philippe. Um,
2: yeah.
1: I mean, all of these, Ilhan. People, Ilhan, all these people are from diverse backgrounds, and they are getting elected. You didn't squeak by. No. You won by a landslide. 73%. I mean, exactly. We
3: increased the turnout by mm-hmm. 11%. So, so. <laughs> In a very high voting war to begin uh-huh. with. Like, these people know the issues. hmm they understand is they're very vocal about it mm-hmm. and and we still were able to mm-hmm. win by majority and increase the number of people voting
1: so you know when they talk about you know because they're talking about get people out vote vote, vote people have how do we get people out is that are there lessons to be learned from that I mean you know like you said these people knew the issues and they came out and they looked at the candidate mm-hmm. I mean are those are there lessons to be learned as you you know there was this charge to get people to people have just have to come out and vote you had seventy three percent you had a yeah. high voter turnout how do we what did you hey what did you feel was made people see Andrea Jenkins mm-hmm. from your ward. Right. You're running for office, and you're the best thing from it.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, I think I, you know, I have been engaged in my community for. Oh, I've, I've lived in in my house, the same house in the same neighborhood for the past 20 years, mm-hmm. um, as well as worked in that neighborhood. Um, and, and so I, I had these really deep relationships with people, you know, all along. And I think the biggest lesson is know and understand your community and, mm-hmm. and be yourself, be who you are, you know? Um, be authentic. I think that's what has been really helpful for me is that, you know, I'm black, I'm trans, You know, I'm, there's no real, um, you know, I'm six feet two inches tall. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's, I, I'm, I am who I am, you know, and I'm just real open about that and, um, authentic and I think people respect that and that's, you know, and so I talk about, um, real, ideas that I think are gonna help improve people's lives and I show up for people um, and their issues. You know, just this past week, I was at a rally for Puerto Rico, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm so glad that, you know, the protests all around the world, Mm -hmm. uh, particularly in Puerto Rico, daily, constantly, is a lesson that we can learn here in the United States um, and um, but it worked and he stepped down mm-hmm. um, you know I've been this year you know I've been at rallies for Planned Parenthood you know I went to the synagogue when the Jewish uh, synagogue mm-hmm. was was
2: Murdered in um,
3: Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, stood with Muslim brothers and sisters a couple of months ago after the horrific, um, you know, mosque killing mm-hmm. um, that that they experienced. Um, so, you know, you have to show up and, and really... So that those connections and that solidarity of with all of these issues mm-hmm. um, and it, it's meaningful but it also creates a pathway for people to step in and show up when there's issues in your community and some of the issues that are facing, you know, black trans women. You know, we're being murdered.
1: Yeah, you know, now the NAACP passed, ironically, they passed this resolution saying that they should step up and help, help protect trans women, particularly of color, in our community.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And in the same week, the 12th trans woman was found dead. Okay, so...
3: So that was just last week then.
1: Uh-huh, that was just last week. How do you, you know, and you're showing up, and you're stepping up, and you're doing that... How does it feel though to know that another side of you,
2: uh-huh.
1: our sisters, our trans sisters, are being murdered? And, you know, I heard from many of my friends in the trans community, like, well, it's about time that the NAACP stepped up. But what do we do about that? How do you say about that? How does that impact you when you're out here doing this work and mm-hmm. you're doing the work and you're seeing the progress and you're seeing what it means when you show love for your community, but then you pick up the paper and here's another trans woman of color who's been murdered.
3: All right. Yeah, I mean, and it, and it's, you know, the, the 12 murders is tragic and horrific and we need to really work to stop that, but we're being assaulted every day when, you know, our own community won't stand up for us. Won't hire us. Won't um, let us come home and be safe in our homes. Because we know that when when trans identified people have supported families, mm-hmm. that they tend to have much um, happier sort of more. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know productive lives Mm -hmm. as it were or just more access to opportunities Mm -hmm. um so that is a daily assault Mm
2: -hmm.
3: you know that that hurts emotionally financially physically because people are being um physically attacked it doesn't always result in in murder, but um, you know, we watched a video earlier this year. Um, um, this black trans woman mm-hmm. in Houston getting beat up just unmercifully, and hundreds of black folks standing around, mm-hmm. black women watching, watching. Mm-hmm not uh-huh. saying nothing I mean that broke my heart uh-huh. they stopping on this girl uh-huh. kicking her uh-huh. for no reason I mean there is no reason to uh-huh. beat anybody like that yeah. at any time but it literally was just because she was a black trans woman uh-huh. Uh-huh. that they felt that they could do that they had no respect her humanity Mm
1: and um and then a couple weeks later she
3: was found dead dead.
1: she's dead you know and you wonder here it's out there where was the community to wrap their arms around her and say we've got you we're going to keep you safe this shouldn't happen you know and shaming those who stood there and watched
3: Right. so that's blood on our hands
2: Mm
3: -hmm. Mm mhm right um You know, um, I I think the NAACP resolution is a starting place. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's what it has to be because I'm going to need that to mean that they are showing up for trans women in uh, detention centers, in hospitals, In schools, in housing, like, all the things that they are doing Mm -hmm. to help people, they need to create spaces for trans people to be engaged. Because as it stands right now, and I know NAACP has high school Mm -hmm. programs, AXO, that they, Mm -hmm. you know, help these really brilliant Kids, these trans kids out here are brilliant.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: They need access to all the same opportunities as everyone else, mm-hmm. um, and so um, when when that becomes visible, then I'll celebrate. Well, you
1: know, and <laughs> one of the other things that it's sort of like.
3: But I, I think the resolution, I mean, uh-huh. yeah, that's yeah, a good, yeah, it's a, it's a start. Mm-hmm.
1: And it's, it's a start. It opens know. the dialogue. And, okay, another thing I think, like, the NAAC. Maybe I'll
3: get an image award one of these <laughs> days, and I can come and talk about why we they need to be doing it.
1: Mm-hmm. But, you know, the other thing that I will say is, like, like they came out in support of the Equality Act. And I talked to Carter Brown, Mm -hmm. who we both know, and Carter had gone and, you know, testified before Congress about being fired for being trans when Mm -hmm. he was out Mm -hmm. and talked about trans issues, but one of the things that happened was afterwards, after he told, uh, you know, a very real story, you know, about protecting families, being able to take care of our families Mm -hmm. and not being discriminated, no protections to be discriminated against because... You're transgender mm-hmm. And ironically And he not only transgender But he's talking about the LGBTQ community right. Ironically he's testifying on the same day That Lori Lightfoot gets elected As this lesbian mayor The first black mm-hmm. lesbian mayor Of Chicago, Chicago right? He But still in 30 states You can be fired just for being LGBTQ mm-hmm. But at the end of the day The questioning goes back To talking about Bathroom laws Mm-hmm. And um, how in Title IX, like if you gave trans women could, could compete in athletics, mm-hmm. somehow or other they'd have an unfair advantage. How do we change that dialogue to where we get to the basic human fairness of being able to work, live, have a family, live in safety and security, and get away from the BS, you know? Uh, 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 Who's going in the bathroom, oh, I mean, okay. and I'll tell you, which is probably going to be a straight white man, and, mm-hmm. you know, and a trans woman having an unfair advantage and and messing up Title IX. When are we going to get beyond that and get to, and how do we get beyond that to have those real conversations so that you have more people like Carter Brown who are prepared to go up there and know that their stories are going to be heard and some mm-hmm. action is going to happen.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Well, you know, I don't know. One of the ways that I'm trying to create that um, is that we have um, a transgender equity council mm-hmm. that we have that's made up of trans identified people to advise the city council and the mayor mm-hmm. on issues that are related to the trans community. So, sort of building that pipeline of. Um, of giving voice and agency to to trans and gender non-conforming people so that they can, you know, be engaged in that chat and, and understand ways in which they can have their voices heard and be a part of the process of uh, making life better. Um, you know, it's um, the, the Equality Act. I mean, everybody in our society should have access to Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. employment, to housing, Mm -hmm. (laughs) to health (laughs) care without fear of... um, and the, the saddest part about it is that it's all of these religious people who are against it mm-hmm. like I'm not you know Aristotle or nobody but <laughs> my understanding of religious texts is we supposed to love people mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. not
3: hate mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not
1: hate.
2: Not hate.
3: Yeah. And religions have been hateful and Christians just as hateful as the Jews as the Muslims as you know the Protestants the Catholics I mean
2: <laughs>
3: it's it's un, I don't understand it at all and mm-hmm. how we have come this far as humanity to having you know spaceships and uh, computers in the in the, in our hands mm-hmm. and we have not progressed any further as in terms of how we relate to each other um, and how we relate to greed and uh, cruelty
2: Mm
3: -hmm. and, um, you know, how people gravitate to dictatorship. Mm -hmm. Um, And in many ways, I think it's because we let them. Mm we actually allowed this to happen. Mm -hmm. And I say we, you know, certainly there was a group of people who voted for this person. There's a whole lot of people that didn't vote at all. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or they split their vote up Mm -hmm. between a lot of different Mm -hmm. people. And um, so consequently, we let this happen. Mm -hmm. Um, And what's happening when I'm saying what is happening, this it's really, in my opinion, a attack on the very concept of democracy. <laughs> um, really trying to create a society where a modern sort of feudal society, you know, feudal as in... <laughs> People who work as like Mm -hmm. (laughs) serfs, and um, there are overlords and masters who control all control all the resources. And
1: um, so that's pretty much where
3: we are right now,
1: right? That's right. That's right. 2020, and you know, everyone is saying, vote, 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 vote. Okay. And like you just said, part of the reason why we have what we have is not just the ones who voted for that administration, but the ones who just didn't bother to vote. Yep. Coming from an election where you had 73% people came out and voted. Mm-hmm. What would you say if someone said, well, just tell them to vote, 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 vote. What is an action that you would tell people to do besides just say, vote, 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 vote?
3: Hmm. Um, whoever you're saying vote, 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 vote to, take out a piece of paper, make them pledge <laughs> that they're going to go vote. Make a plan to go vote, like, I'm going to wake up at 7.30 and I'm going to drop the kids off to school and I'm going to run by the grocery store and then to get some coffee and then I'm going to go to work and on my lunch break Mm -hmm. I'm going to run to the polls and vote Mm -hmm. like help them make a plan Mm -hmm. to go vote Mm -hmm. and people are much more likely to go vote get their phone number so you can call them up on the day of election day and say hey got ride, you need a ride to go vote, mm-hmm. um, register, we got to register as many people as we can, um, register people, go to where people are hanging out at, don't have a registration, unless you have a registration party where you're going to feed people, and mm-hmm. <laughs> they'll come, mm-hmm. um, but you know there's I think those are some of the actions but you know training people about the issues is a way to to really get people to understand how these decisions really do impact my life it impacts the way my neighborhood looks it impacts the way uh, my schools operate it impacts the fact that you know, one third of my community, you know, young black males between the ages of 13 and 25 are poof gone mm-hmm. to jail, mm-hmm. dying. Um, so um, there's there's a lot of things we can do. <laughs> Besides, just say vote, 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 vote.
1: But we gotta vote, vote, vote,
3: vote, vote. We gotta do Mm -hmm. it.
1: But I like the fact that you said, "Here's, I mean, that's a very easy plan." You Mm -hmm. know, right? Plan it in your day. Mm -hmm. You know, plan it in your day. That is really important. Like you're doing, you're wearing your official hat. You're here in
3: Detroit. Yes. And what are you here in Detroit for? I'm here in Detroit to attend the Local Progress Convening. Local Progress is an organization. This is the 8th annual gathering. It started out as a very small group of local elected officials. And when I say local, I mean city councils, school boards, um, county commissioners. um, You know, very... Very hyper-local people, um, deeds and records and, you know, Mm -hmm. um, city, I mean, yeah, city attorneys and district attorneys are elected and they're very local. Mm -hmm. So um, it's a gathering of of that level of government um, and talking about progressive ways to move our democracy forward and bring more equity and more um, equality Mm -hmm. fairness um, to as many people as we can Um, so there's about a thousand elected officials and um, union representatives and other folks uh, mostly um, I would say 60 percent people of color 50, minimum 50% women. Mm. Um, There's probably more like 65, 70% women. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very, very um, great. Convening. And Detroit is always fun.
1: <laughs> well, we're always happy to have you, have you here because, you know, so much passes through Detroit and then goes on.
2: Mm-hmm. Is,
1: has there been one thing that you would say from your conversations with your your fellow elected um, officials from cities across the country mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that seems to be a primary concern
3: yes well if I had my what well, the so the theme of the conference was equity mm-hmm. um, justice mm-hmm. and power mm-hmm. and so I would say a lot of people talked about equity as being a concern, but I did a I did a, a session today on equity, and the only people that showed up were black women. <laughs> you know, and they know they know the issues, right? Um, so I was I was I was disappointed that not more of my white colleagues were there because that um, that did not really seem to resonate. Mm-hmm. But what I would say the one thing that people were really kind of honed in on seemed to be um, affordable housing issues, mm-hmm. which is very real, mm-hmm. very, very. And then I would say probably the next thing was criminal justice issues, mm-hmm. um, again. Absolute, have to work on these mm-hmm. issues I mean and they are crippling in our communities mm-hmm. um, I just think it all starts from this equity lens mm-hmm. that we have to have this equity lens in order to um, to really and it has to be really detailed it has to be really focused so one of the things I'm really proud about and that I was here presenting on this weekend was the fact that we just completed our our strategic plan, uh, but within our strategic plan, we have embedded our racial equity action plan, Mm
2: -hmm.
3: and so the the plan, the document that will guide our work for the next four years, and that's two years beyond the time that we're here, Mm So, or be t- beyond the time that my term mm-hmm. ends, um, it will be guided by this, these set of principles that really embed race equity um, into all of the things that we. So, how we spend our money, who we, who we purchase from, um, who are we hiring, who are we promoting. How are we retaining employees? Um, you know, how are we allocating our resources to um, different parts of the community? And, and, and what ways does it um, matter instead of waiting for, you know, in some communities, you have to wait for um, someone in the community to call and say, hey, there's a street light out. You know or there's a pothole Mm -hmm. um if we were doing those that maintenance kind of thing on a regular basis Mm -hmm. we can keep our community safer and more um you know better sort of um built up because we let certain areas decline Mm -hmm. right if if nobody calls nobody you know, they're already um, suffering from the oppressions that mm-hmm. dictate our culture and society. And, you know, so really trying to embed a racial equity justice lens within the work that we're doing. Mm-hmm. And we just passed that uh, this past Thursday at the last council meeting. um And, you know, it's kind of groundbreaking. It's historic. It's a really wonderful document, but I mean, like any document, we have to make sure that people are actually doing the work and get them um, in holding departments accountable, holding um, ourselves accountable, to meet what we know is really hard, difficult goals, You know, we're trying to say, we are saying that we know, the research shows that there's redlining. There's been, you know, uh, Jim Crow laws which really restricted who could get hired. There was public investment in the suburbs that created opportunities for, you know, uh, white communities to, to build and maintain wealth. while like literally um, legislating black and brown people's ability Mm -hmm. not to do that Mm -hmm. and so we need legislation (laughs) Mm -hmm. to reverse that Mm -hmm. and of course that's always going to have pushback Mm -hmm. um, from from various communities to be quite frank Um, you know I would say sometimes um, there are going to be um, black and brown folks who are like why y'all doing that? Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, because that's how we've been conditioned so, um, yeah
1: so are you going to stay in politics?
3: I am yeah, I am. <laughs> all right, all
1: right,
3: okay. I'm going to stay in politics, yes. Okay,
1: all right, you know, President <laughs> Jenkins sounds good to me. <laughs>
3: um, yeah, you know, I mean, it's, it's, um, it's the best way that I've kind of figured out how to help improve people's lives. And that's what I'm in it for. And, you know, I look at this thing... You know, and there's so many ways to get engaged in helping to improve people's lives, mm-hmm. and I think they're all important. I think we need people to be out in the streets, protesting, making noise, mm-hmm. you know, shining a light on what the issues are, mm-hmm. um, where are the sort of pain points in our community, mm-hmm. and uh, and really holding people accountable to address that. And then we need people to be out there in service to people, like, you know, helping people get jobs. Like, mm-hmm. that's a real thing, you mm-hmm. know, feeding people, like, uh, or whatever those social services are to help people live their lives better. We need that level of mm-hmm. engagement. But then we need people at the political level to um, make Changes and really continue to try to create um, a more equitable society. And I don't know, I feel like I did, I've done them all. (laughs) I've been a protester and I I have been a helper. You know, I worked in um, human services for well over 15 years, you know, drug treatment center, I worked at um, the county, you know, offices, helping people, getting public assistance, find employment, mm-hmm. um, you know, so I feel like, and I was pretty good at all of them, mm-hmm. but,
1: <laughs> found home,
3: huh? but I think I found home. Um, this is this is where, and I still advocate. I advocate for a transgender mm-hmm. community, for the broader LGBT community, for the BI community. Um, advocate for women's rights. I advocate mm-hmm. for you know disability rights. Mm-hmm. Um, you know reproductive rights. It's all because all of these things are intersectional,
2: mm-hmm.
3: um, and and being being as a policymaker, as an elected official as I started out the whole interview with mm-hmm. your words matter mm-hmm. so if you send the right words it can make some really powerful changes mm-hmm. to help humanity if you send some crazy ass shit like this <laughs> fucking president <laughs> is saying right now mm-hmm. um, all the time go back to Africa or talking about rat infested white uh, rat holes. I mean, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: where well, he talked about whole, all of
3: Africa. Yeah. No, he talked about Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, today Baltimore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm saying, hey, Mr. President, you mm-hmm. can make that change. You, this mm-hmm. is America. Mm-hmm. If you think Baltimore is a uh, rat-infested shithole, change it. Mm-hmm. That's your job.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Instead it's of taking money to put a build a wall, fix it. Well, Andrea, I want to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. You know, I tell you, I woke up in the middle of the night and I thought your name and I sent you an email. I said, I know she's busy. And
3: there you were. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much for continuing to do this work and put these voices on the air and in the world and talking about issues that really are meaningful and that matter to um, to everybody. Thank you.
0: Collections by Michelle Brown airs every Thursday at seven PM. You can subscribe now. I listen to the podcast on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. Be sure to like the Collections by Michelle Brown Facebook page and mark your calendar so you never miss an episode.
1: I want to thank tonight's guest, the Vice President of Minneapolis's City Council, transgender activist and poet, Andrea Jenkins. Jenkins was elected to office in 2017, receiving 73% of the vote. In this historic election, she became the first transgender woman of color elected to a major city council in the country. At its 110th annual convention, the NAACP passed three resolutions regarding the civil rights of the LGBTQ community. On the transgender community, the organization resolved to work with all its units to work to support equal protection for transgender individuals so that all members of our community can live free of violence, shame, and discrimination. So far in 2019, 12 transgender women have been killed in the United States. Their names were Dana Martin, Jazlyn Ware, Ashanti Carmen, Claire Legato, Mulesa Booker, Michelle Tamika Washington, Chanel Lindsay, Chanel Skirlock, Zoe Spears, Brooklyn Lindsay, and Denali Berries Stuckey. We call their names. As a transgender activist, Andrea Jenkins not only speaks about protection for members of the transgender community but for more representation and inclusion in all areas, including politics. When we stand together, we win. When we protect every member of our community, we win. When we vote, we win. And when we fight for equality and justice, we win. Be sure and follow Collections by Michelle Brown Blog Radio on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And let us know if you have a suggestion for a guest or a topic for a future show. You can listen to this or past episodes of the show on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or Blog Talk Radio. Join us next week when I'll introduce you to another amazing individual, living between the lines, standing boldly in the crosshairs of your intersectionality, and creating change. Right here on Collections by Michelle Brown. Thank you for
2: listening.
3: That's ChumbaCasino.com.
0: No purchase necessary. BTW. Void required prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. You know you